Welcome to the Faith Broadcast. I'm Carrick Butler, the pastor of Faith Christian Center. Thanks for tuning in today. We believe today's message is going to help you live this lifestyle of faith. It's going to empower you to live a life that makes Jesus famous wherever you go. Open up your heart. We know God has something special just for you. And we believe that as you listen to today's message, something good is going to happen to you. So listen up. I'll talk to you today at the end of our broadcast. Welcome back. He is for you. Don't you ever forget that. And because he's for you, you can face tomorrow and win. Because he's for you, you can rise up. Let's get into the word for today. Before we do, let's pray. Father, we thank you for being with us, all around us, within us. We thank you for never leaving us nor forsaking us. We thank you for your blessing. We thank you for being for us. Most of all, we thank you for sending Jesus to die for us and raising him on the third day for our justification, for us to be declared not guilty. For his blood doing such a great job in our lives to makes a suitable home for the Holy Spirit to live on the inside of us. We thank you for it, and we thank you that because of that, we have the strength we need to rise up today and face life with a victorious expectation of seeing your goodness manifest in everyday life. So, Father, I need your help. I only want to say what I hear you say. I only want to do what I see you do, so that Jesus may be glorified, lifted high, may famous in our lives. As always, Holy Ghost, I turn this time over to you. Have your way. Touch every single heart. Let no one leave this broadcast the same. Ask for lives transformed forever by the power of your word and the power of your spirit. I give you all the glory, honor, praise, and advance for it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, say it with me. Say, I take eyes to see. I take ears to hear. I forgive everybody of everything. I receive supernatural debt cancellation. The word of God that I'm about to receive will enable me and empower me to make Jesus famous in my everyday life. Go with me to John chapter 12. John chapter 12. John chapter 12. We'll start with verse 20. And there were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. The same, therefore, the same came therefore to Philip, which was of Bethsaida of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. Philip came and told Andrew, and again Andrew and Philip told Jesus. And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it dies... It brings forth much fruit. Now, we'll get into the scripture in a moment, but think about it this way. What Jesus was comparing himself to, a corn or a kernel of wheat. And when the kernel of wheat or seed dies, it goes into the ground, and it produces wheat. That's not a strange concept to us. In fact, it was something my wife and I were sharing 
with our four-year-old. She just turned four a couple weeks ago. We were sharing with her how the process works as we planted a home garden. Watch this video. Yeah, still in my hand. Look. I see. So once mommy is done, we're going to put it in there. It's a okay. little dirty. Okay. It is? Look. It's okay, but it's going into the ground. Okay, how where did this go? It's going to go into the ground, just like when Jesus died and went into the ground and rose again, so that we could be just like him. Okay, how about this? How about this go? Yep, we're going to take that seed Daddy, and put it right there. Okay, to put it right there. Like, See where Daddy's finger is? Flower. Yep, and then we can cover in the dirt. Watch what Mommy's doing. Can I do it? Yeah, you can. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Cover it up with dirt. Good job, baby. Good, Good job, job, baby. Good job. Where's my seed? Where's my seed? Where's my seed? It is. Yep, a seed is important, isn't it? Yeah. Do you want to tell us why, Daddy? Why is a seed important? Because it's because 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 you're not gonna plant. Yeah, you can't plant anything if you don't plant a seed, right? Mm -hmm. So if you don't plant a seed, you can't get a harvest, right? Yeah. Can I do it? Every thing? seed is meant to produce after its own kind. So we put, those, we put a sunflower seed in, so what's going to happen? What are we going to get? What type of plant are you going to get, Persis? If we put a sunflower seed, what do we get? Tomato. Nope, we're not going to get tomatoes. Tomato. What are we going to get? Maybe? Nope, if not with a green bean seed, but a sunflower seed. We're we'll going to get, get a... A flower. Yeah, a sunflower. Yeah. That's right. Just like on the picture. Good job, Princess. All right, now let's water it. Get some water, okay? Welcome back. You know, as you heard us explaining to our four-year-old, whatever type of seed you put in the ground, that seed is going to produce of its kind. You know, as we were telling her, and she said, you know, we planted a sunflower seed, so that's not going to give us a tomato or green beans. No, it's going to produce a sunflower. So it's going to produce a plant of the same kind of the seed that it is. So once again, let's look at John 12. Once again, 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it die, it brings forth much fruit. So yes, Jesus came and died for your sins and was raised for your justification. But in his sacrifice and his triumph over death, hell, and the grave, he did much more than wash away your sins. He made you a new creation that is stronger than anything this world had ever seen. He made you someone just like himself. Some of you are like, oh, wow, Pastor, that's, that's kind of out there. It's all throughout the Word of God. Go to 1 Peter with me. 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. A seed always produces after its kind. First Peter chapter 1. We'll look at verse 23. Notice it says here, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. You were born again by the seed of the word of God. And the Word of God is not a corruptible, decaying seed. It's an incorruptible seed. The Word of God, the seed of the Word, produces after its kind. We know John chapter 1 calls Jesus the Word. And Jesus even compared himself to a seed. And so what happens is 
Jesus produced after his kind. The word of God produces after his kind. When you heard, first heard the word about Jesus, you believed in your heart that he died and God raised him from the dead. And then you said with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. And at that moment, you were born again. And what happened? Your spirit changed. You know, some people sing songs and they said, well, you know, I came down to the altar and I became new. My hands were new. My feet looked new. Everything was new. My weave was new. My wig was new. No. All those outside things didn't change. It's your spirit that changed. So you have to understand you are a tripart being. You are a spirit. You have a soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions, and you live in this physical body. When you are born again, the old you on the inside was completely done away with. You are born again off of an incorruptible seed of the Word of God, and that seed always produces after its own kind. You might say, well, Pastor, why are you driving home that point? One of the things I want you to see today, who God made you through the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and your faith in him has made you already on the inside greater than anything you'll face in this life. That's why you can rise up today because who you are on the inside is already greater than anything you'll ever face on the outside. There may be people watching today said, you know, I've never made that choice. I never prayed that prayer. I haven't been born again. You keep watching. By the end of this program, you'll be just like the rest of us, already greater than whatever problem you ever face. So if you're already greater, do you know what that gives you expectation of? Victory. Let's keep going. See, one of the things it says about Jesus, because a lot of times, you know why a lot of Christians live in defeat just like the rest of the world? They are experiencing the same thing as the rest of the world. They have the same viewpoints of life as the rest of the world. And there's really no difference between them and the rest of the world except, you know, they know they're going to heaven. What's the difference? A lot of Christians have an identity crisis. They don't know who they are. Or worse, they're praying for God to make them who they already are. They're praying, God, make me righteous, but you're already the righteous God in Christ Jesus. Oh, God, transform me. Give me a clean spirit. He already did that. We shouldn't pray for things that God has already made us. We have to understand who we are in Christ Jesus, what God has already done through our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. When we believe in our heart and set our mouth, something tremendous happened, and it transformed us on the inside. You know, in Romans 8, 29, it calls Jesus the firstborn of many brethren. The firstborn. If he's the firstborn, there's a secondborn, a thirdborn, a fourthborn, a fifthborn, a sixthborn. I don't know what number born I am. There's been billions of people who have been born again since there. But whatever number I am, I'm a part of that brethren. And if you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, you are part of that brethren as well. You're the firstborn. Jesus is your older brother. And you are born again from the same substance he is. You are recreated from the incorruptible seed of the Word of God. You know, Colossians 1.18 calls Jesus the firstborn from the dead. Once again, if there's a firstborn, there's a secondborn. See, one of the things you see as you read through the New Testament, especially the writings of Paul, here's how God sees it, and here's how you need to see it. When Jesus died, you die. 
When God raised him from the dead, he raised you from the dead. You're not some old sinner saved by grace. That's actually oxymoron. You're either an old sinner or you're saved by grace. You can't be both. When you were born again, you were transformed. I want you to see on this Resurrection Sunday, you're not who you used to be. You are not your past. You are an entirely new creation. You have been born again. Go with me to Romans chapter 8, verse 11. I want to show you more. So much has happened to you when you were born again. And a lot of the Christian world doesn't even realize what God has already done for them. Romans chapter 8, verse 11. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. If you are born again, the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. There's no such thing as a believer, as a Christian who doesn't have the Holy Spirit. If you are born again, the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. Yes, there is a, a experience after salvation, subsequent to salvation. It's called the baptism of the Holy Ghost, where the Holy Spirit comes upon you. But if you are born again, the Holy Spirit always lives on the inside of you. And when he moved on the inside of you, he transformed your spirit, the same spirit. That same power that raised Jesus from the dead is in you right now. And it quickens, or that word means gives life and energizes the rest of you. Right now, you have the same spirit, the same energy, the same power, the same glory that raised up Jesus from the dead. And I say one day you'll get it. You'll get it when you get in heaven. You'll get in the sweet by and by. No, right now, that power is on the inside of you. And because that power is on the inside of you, you might as well rise up in your life. You might as well stand up and get back up again. You might as well not let life hold you down, not let circumstances hold you down, not let uncertainty hold you down. You make a decision that because the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of me, I'm going to rise up and become who God made me. I'm going to rise up and live the life that Jesus purchased with his death burial and resurrection now go with me to 2nd Corinthians chapter 5 2nd Corinthians chapter 5 right now you have more on the inside of you than you even know what to do with 2nd Corinthians chapter 5 2nd Corinthians chapter 5 we're going to look at verse 14 notice what it says here for the love of Christ constrains us. One translation says compels. One says controls us. Because we thus judge that if one died for all, then all were dead. And that he that died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him or for him which died for them and rose again. So what do we do? Because Jesus died for us, the Bible considers that we died already. And because Jesus rose, it considers that we have been risen again. And so since we are alive, it just makes sense. We live for the one who died for us, who God raised from the dead. So we should live for Jesus. Not as a debt we owe, but out of gratitude. We don't do this because we owe God. Grace is a gift. You don't owe him anything, but you receive this gift of grace, and you're so grateful you dedicate your life and serve him out of love and gratitude. 
Let's skip down to verse 17. It says, therefore, if any man, anybody, be in Christ, he is a new creature, a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new, and all things are of God. So what became new, as we shared a little bit earlier, it's your spirit. Everything about your spirit has become new. You are not the old creature. You are not the old man. You are not that old person. You're not whoever you used to be before Christ. You are a new creation. All things have become new. You are a new creature the world has never seen before, and you've been gifted and graced with abilities and powers the world is unfamiliar with. I remember, you know, growing up looking at the scripture, and it would always remind me of the X-Men. It would always remind me of creatures the world didn't understand and was afraid of because their powers made them stronger than the ordinary human. Right now, you have on the inside of you more power than you know. Right now on the inside of you, you have more ability than you know. Right now on the inside of you, you have the same power, the same glory that raised up Jesus from the dead. And because you have that on the inside of you right now, you might as well rise up and face life head on. Because you know, because he lives, you can face tomorrow and you can win because of what God has done on the inside of you. You've been born again from the incorruptible seed of the word of God. Jesus died to make you a new creation in Christ Jesus. Come on, go with me to Galatians chapter 6. You are a new creature. Hey, if you're watching somewhere, you can comment right now. I want you to comment. Say, I am a new creature. Go ahead and comment right now. Come on, say it. Say, I am a new creature. Come on, say it. Type it. Say, I am a new creature. Galatians chapter 6. I want to show you something about being a new creature. So we just showed you that you're a new creature if you're born again you're in Christ Jesus. Galatians chapter 6, verse 15. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision avails anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. So in Christ Jesus, your status, your race, your background, your adherence to the law doesn't matter. What does this word avail mean? This word available is very interesting. It means gives you the advantage, and it means prevails. So what has the advantage in life? The new creature. What prevails in life? The new creature. You have to understand this. Because you were born again from the incorruptible seed of the word of God, because you've been made a new creature, you've been born again with the advantage. Go ahead, type it and say it right now. Say, I have the advantage. Come on. Say, I have the advantage. Come on, say it with some faith. Say, I have the advantage. You know, growing up, you know, me and my brothers and friends, we played sports games, and certain games or even certain fighting games, you can create your own player. You can create your own hero. And what to do if you have all the special codes and you unlocked all the special codes, you can make their abilities to where they are either straight 100s or straight 99. And so if you played that team or you try to fight that hero, you would almost automatically lose because the abilities of this new creature you made was out of this world. They had the advantage. And the thing is, you've been born again and made a new creature with the advantage. You 
have the advantage. And some of you say, well, pastor, if I have the advantage, why does it seem like I'm losing? Why does it seem like I'm falling? Because you don't know who you are. You haven't renewed your mind or renovated your mind to who God has made you, and you haven't tapped in to what God has put on the inside of you. A lot of us have an identity crisis, or we don't tap into the power that's on the inside of us. That can't be us in these times. We have to rise up. The world needs us to be who God has made us to be. Romans 8 says the whole world is waiting for the manifestation, the revealing of the sons of God. You have to understand what God did for you in Christ Jesus. To paraphrase this quote by John G. Lake, a man of God who lived over 100 years ago, he said, in Christ, man at once became God's sons, man's servants, and Satan's masters. At once, in Christ, man became God's sons, became man's servants, and became Satan's master. You have the advantage. One more time, say, I have the advantage. So don't call yourself disadvantaged ever again. It doesn't matter your background, doesn't matter your educational status, doesn't matter what you went through. I'm not making light of your past. I'm not making light of your circumstance. I'm not making light of your situation. Unfair things may have happened to you. You may have had several bad breaks and have had a hard life, but I want you to know that if you're in Christ Jesus, you have the advantage. There might be someone walking right now, you're not even saved yet, you haven't been born again, but by the time the broadcast is over, you're going to believe in your heart, you're going to say with your mouth, and you're going to have the advantage, and you're going to face this week knowing you have the advantage because of who you are in Christ Jesus. Say one more time. Say, I have the advantage because I've been born again. Glory to God. Go with me to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. It's time to rise up and realize who you are and walk in the victory that God has given you. 1 John chapter 5. Verse 1, whosoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Come on, anybody believe Jesus is the Christ? You believe he's the anointed one. You believe he's the Messiah. You believe he's the son of God. Go ahead and comment below that. You say, I believe. Go ahead and put that emoji up. He said, I believe. Use that raised hand signal, whatever it is. Come on, comment. Do you believe? Because John is talking about you right now. Whosoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. You've been born of God. You've been born again. If you believe, you've been born again, and you've been born of God. You've been born of the seed of the Word of God. Jesus went down to the earth and was raised up again, and he brought much food. He brought you into the same type of person he is. You are a child of God. You've been engrafted in. You've been born again of the same seed of the Word of God, and on the inside of you is tremendous potential. You've never tapped into even first Corinthians 6 is those who are one with the Lord Jesus those who believe in the Lord are one spirit with him on the inside is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead on the inside you become one with the Lord Jesus on the inside you have the advantage it's time to tap in to everything God put on the inside of you and walk out this life you know even in this notebook I'm using in my notes today it says on the cover everything you need is already in Inside. Everything you need is already inside because God transformed your spirit and then he moved all the inside of you. First Corinthians 6 
says you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. You are not your own. You've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your spirit and your soul and your body because you belong to God. All the inside of you is the one who knows everything. All the inside of you is the one who made you more than a conqueror. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Greater is he who is in you than the coronavirus that is in the world. Greater is he who is in you than the economic uncertainty that's in the world. Greater is he who is in you. So it's time for you to believe it. It's time for you to become God inside-minded. No, you're not God, but God lives on the inside of you, and God has transformed your spirit. So it's time for you to believe it and act like who God has made you. You are a new creature. You are not disadvantaged. You have the advantage. You have the Holy Ghost on the inside. You are more than a conqueror through him that love you because you have been born of God. Verse 4. For whatsoever is born of God, that's you. Say, that's me. Go ahead, comment below. Type below. Say, that's me. He's talking about you again. Say, that's me. Say, that's me. For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. This word overcome means to conquer. So whoever is born of God conquers the world. And this is the victory that conquers the world. Our faith. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Faith is in your heart right now, and it's growing right now as you hear the Word of God. And as you use your faith, you will experience victory. It's no victory if you don't use your faith. You must become a professional at using your faith, not using your faith only in emergencies, but you need to learn how to use your faith like a specific tool, like you are a mechanic who needs a specific tool to make a repair. You have to become that skilled in using your faith if you want to experience victory on the left hand and experience victory on the right hand and experience victory wherever you go because it is your destiny to overcome. It is your destiny to conquer. Now, if if you're going to conquer, that means you're going to have some battles. If you're going to overcome, that means you're going to have some struggles. But be of good cheer, Jesus said. Be of good courage, Jesus said. Be brave. Be bold. Be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. I have conquered the world. When Jesus conquered the world, he conquered it for you. And that word there in John 16 for conquer and overcome paints the picture of I have conquered it, I am conquering it, and I will forever conquer it. So the victory, the conquering Jesus did is past, present, and future. Why is that important? Why? Why? Why is that important? Go to 2 Corinthians 2. Second Corinthians two. Verse fourteen. Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in. And makes manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. Now go with me to 1 Corinthians 15. Just a few pages back if you have a physical Bible. Just a few clicks back if you're using your phone or your device. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 57. 
but thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. God gave you the victory through Jesus. And what is the victory he gave you? A victory or a conquering that has conquered the past, that conquers the present, and conquers the future. So be of good cheer. Be of good courage. Be bold. Rise up. Because Jesus conquered the world. He conquered it for you and gave you the same victory he won. So you can have the same outlook on life. I conquer. I win. I have the victory because I'm born of God. And it's my faith that conquers the world and the systems of this world. Now go with me to Colossians 3. Colossians chapter 3. Glory to God. Colossians chapter 3. As you turn there, I want to remind you about Romans chapter 6 verse 4. That because you're born again, you should consider yourself dead to sin and alive unto God. And because you're born again, you need to walk in the newness of life. So everything the word of God tells you to do, that's how you're to live. But part of the newness of life is expecting victory. That doesn't matter what struggle, what fight comes your way. You expect victory. You live in a place of faith and hope. Every day you wake up expecting something good to happen to you. You live every day expecting miracles because you know what God has already done for you on the inside. You know the person he's already made you on the inside. You become aware of the power that's already on the inside. Before we even look at Colossians 3, look at Ephesians with me real quick. Ephesians chapter 3. Everybody loves this verse. It's the ending to the Ephesians 3 prayer, which you should pray for yourself every single day. I encourage my congregation to pray Ephesians 1, 3, Philippians 1, Colossians 1 for themselves and this church and me every single day. But notice what it says, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, oh, we know God can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, all that we could pray for or imagine. But notice it doesn't stop there. It says, according to the power that works in us. So how much you see God doing exceeding and abundantly above what you can ask, think, pray for, or imagine in your life is up to how much power is working in you. The power is there, but you got to get it working. We'll talk about that in the weeks to come. On the inside of you is everything you need but you need to activate and access what God has put on the inside of you. And here's one way to do it. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. It says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ. You know, I just love how the message version says it. It says, so if you're serious about this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Look up and be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from 
his perspective. I love that ending. See things from his perspective. If you're going to walk in victory, you have to learn how to see things the way he sees it. So imagine with me right now. See things the way he sees it. Where is Christ? Seated at the right hand of God. Yes, he lives on the inside of you, but it's a seated here at the right hand of God. So let's picture him seated at the right hand of God, the, posi- the position of privilege and power and favor. That's where he's seated. And according to Ephesians 1 and 2, that's where you're seated too. So it says, see things from his perspective. So if you're going to see things from the perspective of the throne of God, have you ever been, you know, in an airplane, you know, low enough and high enough to where you can see the city below? Do you know what everything looks like? Small. Although the skyscrapers are huge, it looks small. Although the cars are pretty big, it looks tiny. They look small. They look like you could handle it. No matter how big it, it is in real life, from your perspective, it looks like you can handle it, no matter the size it is in reality. So seated at the right hand of God, it doesn't matter the problem that's on the earth. It looks small. So you need to have that same perspective. It doesn't matter what you're facing today. I'm not making light of your situation. I'm not saying you're not facing a lot. I'm not saying you have a lot of things against you, but I am reminding you you have the advantage, and you need to see things from his perspective and see that what you're facing is smaller than what God has already done in your life. That what you're facing is not bigger than what God has already made you. That what you're facing is not bigger than the greater one who lives on the inside of you. So you look at all the other problems and you see it as small. But then if you're going to look at that, you have to understand there's also a lot of things happening around the throne of God all the time. So let me say if you could actually see the problem. So well, why would I be able to see the problem? Because around the throne of God is the glory of God. When you read about it in Revelation and Isaiah and other places, it's the cloud. It's the light. It's the thunder. It's the lightning. It's the fire. There's a sound. It is the glory of God. And remember, it's the glory of God, the spirit of God, the power of God that raised Jesus from the dead. So that's the power of God. So to look at your situation, you would have to look at it through the lens of the power of God. But then on top of that, also around the throne are angels flying around the throne 24-7 singing, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. You know, every time they circle, they see this new facet of God that just makes them cry out, holy. And you know, even as you heard from Minister Dathan during our 7 and 7 this week, come on, you got to worship in times like these. Don't worry, you need to worship. So you need to see things from your perspective of worshiping and adoring the one who sits on the throne. But also, you have to look at it through the lens of angelic power. Every believer has at least one angel, at least one assigned to them, and those are mighty dudes. They're not some naked babies with wings sitting on clouds with harps throwing grapes to people. No, these are mighty warrior beings that have been assigned to you, and you have to look at your situation knowing that God has assigned angels to help you out and to help you overcome in this situation. But that's not it. Because also, around the throne of God, it says you see it in the book of Revelation, you all see in the Old Testament is a rainbow that circles the throne. And what does a rainbow represent? The covenant promises of God. So before you look at your situation, your circumstance, whatever you're facing right now, if you're going to do it from the biblical perspective, see things from his perspective, you have to look at it through the lens of the promise of God. You have to look at it through your covenant with God. 
You have to look at it through your promises of God. That means you need to get in this book and see what belongs to you. You have to get in this book and understand your covenant, what belongs to you. Because a lot of people don't get what belongs to them because they don't know what belongs to them. And they just leave it aside thinking it's for some super spiritual person or some super good Christian in their mind. And they don't realize that God had already made it available for everybody who believes on the name of Jesus. So to see things from his perspective, you have to look at it through the glory of God, the power of God, angelic power, the covenant promises of God, and understand what you're facing is smaller than who your God is. So stop talking to God about how big your problem is. Start talking to your problem about how big your God is and how big you're going to win and what he's done on the inside of you and how you have the victory. You must see things from the perspective of being born again. You must see things from the perspective of being more than a conqueror. You must see things from the perspective of having the advantage. You must see things from this perspective that God has already given you the victory, made you more than a conqueror, and you overcome everything by your faith. It's time to rise up because you're a new creature, because you're born again, because Jesus said that he went down to the earth and he came back to bring much fruit. He's produced a new creature in you. So it's time to act like it. The whole world's waiting for the manifestation, the revealing of the sons of God. The whole world is waiting for you to be who God's made you to be. So in this time of uncertainty, this time of distress in the world, rise up and be full of faith, hope, and love. Manifest the power of God. While you're going to the grocery store, wherever you're going, in this time, know this time is not forever, this is not the end, this time will soon be over. But have a mentality in your life going forward. I am who God says I am, I can do what he says I can do. He says I'm a new creature and I have an advantage, so I have the advantage. I'm born again and I overcome the world. Expect victory. Rise up. This is still your year of transformation and restoration. This is still your year where you will see great change. And what are you being restored to? What are you being transformed to? To a place of victory. God is doing a work in your life right now. And by the time this is over, as we said, you can come out better than when you went in. Believe the word of God. Stand strong and know you have the victory. Praise God. Glory to that. Go ahead and give him glory wherever you are. Father, we thank you for the victory. We thank you that you've made us more than conquerors. We thank you for the privilege of being born again. We thank you that the greater one lives on the inside of us. We thank you that we have the advantage. We believe your word, Father. And we thank you. And we give you glory. Hallelujah. Thanks for watching today. We hope today's message was a blessing to you that it empowered you to make Jesus famous in every area of your life. Hey, if you want to be a part of what God's doing here at Faith, you know, our vision statement is to ignite an awakening that impacts Georgia and influences the world through the power of the love of Jesus. And we'd love for you to be a part. You can find out our different experience times and our different locations by going to FCCGA.com. If you want to give, you can text FCCGA to 73256. You can also go to FCCGA.com to give online and be a part of what God's doing here. We'd love to see you anytime you're in our area. We believe God has something good just for you. And anytime you come to our faith experience, we believe you will experience God and his plan for your life. So thank you for tuning in today. We'll see you next time.